Well, folks, Merry Christmas and a blessed new year in God's kingdom. You're with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. So glad you're here with me today. I pray this episode will bless and encourage your souls and God's grace and peace be extended to you and your precious family. So uh, we're closing out the year 2023 and getting ready for the new year 2024. And so I thought it um, important that uh, I discuss with you the 2024 Bible reading schedule. Uh, that has been part of the Thomas Nation uh, tradition for many, many years. And so uh, specifically when it comes to this time of Christmas and the advent of the new year, um, in our family, we have a Christmas Eve celebration. In fact, we probably put more into the Christmas Eve celebration than we actually do uh, Christmas Day. We have this whole order of service. You know, we have a great feast, you know, barbecue with all the trimmings. And after that, you know, we each exchange a gift, one gift that night in preparation for the gifts exchanged on Christmas Day. We sing Christmas carols and hymns, and um, we uh, allow the children to give the Lord a birthday present, maybe a song or a skit or a poem or something along those lines. And, and then um, we kind of turn off all the lights and light candles, and they gather around as I read the Christmas narrative story of the glory of the birth of our Savior. And then afterwards, we have the Lord's covenant meal, the Lord's supper. And then we conclude our evening festivities by just going around the room as a family and kind of discuss the highlights and lowlights of the, the previous year. In this case, would be 2023. And then what would be our goals and aspirations for the new year? And that always gave us some time to pray, you know, for each member of the family as we get some insight uh, to their struggles, their goals, their aspirations, and how best we can pray for one another, especially as we go into the new year. Well, of course, as soon as you do that, it... it you bring up the notion of New Year's resolutions. And to a certain extent, it's kind of hard to avoid the whole New Year resolution syndrome. But it's interesting. I, I just kind of looked up, just curious to know, like, once somebody makes a New Year's resolution, like, what kind of stick to itness, you know, and... Um, perseverance do they have actually keeping, you know, the New Year's resolutions? And so this is what I found. That this is, you know, based upon research. So uh, the research is, they suggested that only 9% of 
of Americans that make resolutions actually complete them. 9%. And the research went on to show that 23% of the people quit their resolution by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January. So obviously, uh, in most Americans, we do not have the character of perseverance, overcoming, and uh, being like steadfast when it comes to our commitments and our resolutions. But, you know, I think it's really part of the human experience in a sense to, you know, once you experience one year and it passes and you go into the new year, obviously it brings up the concepts of what is old and what is new. And and of course, that's a very powerful reality uh, when it comes to Christianity and our spiritual rebirth that pertains to our salvation. The Bible goes a lot into like what is old and what is new. And uh, of course, it teaches us times and seasons and, you know, and all this kind of, you know, regulates our experience as human beings in this earth. But the scriptures are clear. Uh, There is a revelation, let's say, of like the new man and the old man. And we can find that in, in the epistles of the Apostle Paul. One passage in particular is Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. And this is what it states that you put off concerning your formal conduct, the old man, there it is, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. And we know biblically there is a battle that rages within each believer. You know, the apostle Paul told us our human condition, right? You know, we the things that we should do, we don't do. The things we know we shouldn't do, we keep doing. You know, who's going to deliver us, you know, from this wretched state? Well, thanks be to God for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that the old man wars against the new man, right? So, you know, in our heart, you know, this our souls that have been born again. Yes, we agree with God's law and we want to love God by obeying his commandments and keeping his word. And yet we find this other thing warring in our members, this sinful nature, right? And so this battle between the old man and the new man and, uh, you know, and, and throughout scripture, it talks about you know, the new creation, right? So we have creation. Of course, we have the fall of man and death, hell, sin in the grave introduced into this universe, right? And then there's this new creation, this recreation. And so the scripture tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you can find that in Second Corinthians 5.17. And so, you know, through this whole 
born again reality, recreation, new creation. You know, God is establishing his promise of a, a, of a new heaven and a new earth, right? And so this concept of old and new, especially when it comes to years, really does kind of highlight or should bring to mind the biblical truths in Revelation, right, of what is old and new in the Lord. And so with each passing year, we should be reminded of these things, these biblical truths, because this can encourage us to keep pressing on to that high calling prize in Christ. Well, there is one New Year's resolution that I really want to encourage you with this new year in the year of our Lord, 2024. And I'll have this schedule uh, in connected with this episode in the links. And so for each year, for over 30 years, the Thomas Nation has gone through the Operation Save America Bible reading schedule. And, you know, in serving with Flip, you know, 20 years as the assistant director of OSA and seven years as the national director of OSA, we released, we published this Bible reading schedule each and every year. And there were years we literally had 75 to 80,000 people on this Bible reading schedule. And when I've talked with Brother Flip, he is convinced that of all the things that we have done to serve the Lord faithfully in this battle for the souls of men, the lives of children, and the future of our nation, he believes the Bible reading schedule has been the most fruitful in bearing good kingdom fruit in service to our Lord. And I do have to agree with him. I, I, I truly believe uh, that is the case. And I know it's the case in our personal family. So since Shekinah, our youngest, was five years old, we have read through the Bible every year for about 30 years. Um, and to say that it was a blessing to our family and ministry is an understatement. It's been incredible. And so this new year, brothers and sisters, those of you that are under the sound of my voice, I really want to commend this to you and, and, and share with you, you know, the benefits of going through the scriptures, to read through the scriptures every single year. And of course, we know there's two revelations when it comes to the Word of God. There's the Logos, which is the written Word, right? That's the 66 canonized book of Scripture. And then there's Rhema, you know, where the Spirit of God takes the written Word of God and makes application to our life. 
Uh, and that's when the scriptures become a living word, a living sword that we can wage a good warfare uh, in this life and overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives so much as to shrink back from death. So I want to share with you how our family, the Thomas Nation, how we kind of utilized the Bible reading schedule and the benefits that we received uh, from that schedule. So first, I kind of want to share with you the importance of the family altar. What are the things that I'm seriously pressing as a pastor with the American Reformation Church is to restore two primary altars uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ today, to restore the family altar so that husbands and fathers can fulfill their duties and responsibilities when it comes to the spiritual welfare of their families and, of course, establish the church altar where God's people can come and wrestle with God, come and humble themselves and, and pray and, and seek his face and, you know, get some things dealt with in their lives. I just think that's critically important that at the church altar we take inventory and we assess kind of where we're at in the Lord and kind of where we need to be. And we, we have to go through that wrestling. And the church needs to take time for Christians to be able to do that in a productive way. And so th these are the two altars I'm really pressing for uh, within our congregation. And I pray it spreads far and wide from there. But for us, uh, for our family, we, we kind of use the whole Bible reading schedule uh, in our home school. Of course, we have a home school. We called it uh, the University of Righteousness. And so when we're training our children on their ABCs, grammar, learning to read, you know, literature, you know, things of that nature, we're letting them know the whole reason why there's letters and letters turn to words and words into sentences and sentences into paragraphs and paragraphs into chapters and chapters into books. The whole purpose for that is to read the book, the book of books, the Holy Bible, because we got to remember God used words to communicate, and he used words to create the heavens of the earth, and he left us a record of his words in the scriptures. So we made it a huge, big deal when it came to our little ones learning how to read, because as soon as they master the ABCs and they are learning to read, then we get them their own copy of the Holy Bible. This is a rite of passage, and we make it big. This is, this is like a graduation, because now you become an active member at the family altar. 
so you can open the book and you can look with your own eyes and see the words of the living God. You can speak them, you can see them, and you can hear them. And this is how we raised our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And then, of course, as a husband, that allowed me the opportunity to wash my wife uh, in the Word of God as the Scriptures command. In fact, the Bible goes on to say uh, that if your wife has any kind of theological or doctrinal issue that she is wrestling with, she is not to call for the pastor or an elder to give her the answer. She's supposed to go home and ask her husband. And so obviously, men, uh, husbands and fathers, we have to be that in-house theologian, right? We need to study to show ourselves approved of God you know, rightly dividing the word of tr truth, right? Because we don't want to be uh, a worker that needs to be ashamed, right? So we really have to wrestle with the scriptures. And it's so important, brothers, that as husbands and fathers, that we carry the spiritual load when it comes to investing in the welfare of our children. So many men are missing in action. They're out there providing as they should. They're bringing home the bacon as they should. But that is just part of our duty and responsibility to care for our families. We also have to be very, very careful um, that we're providing for the spiritual welfare of our wives and of our children. And I can remember every time, you know, Flip Benham, the national director of OSA be, before me, when he was, you know, uh, kind of uh, pushing for people to adopt the Bible reading schedule, you know, he would call up the men and challenge them, and he'd call up the women and challenge them, and then he'd call up the kids and challenge them uh, to be reading through the Bible every year. But when he talked to the parents, you know, he would bring up Proverbs 22.6. And the scripture talks about training up a child in the way he or she should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And how Flip kind of explained that, he, he was talking about a mother um, teaching a child how to develop an appetite for adult food. So as the child is going from being nursed on the breast to actually eating adult food, what the mother would do is take the adult food she would chew on it first and then take it from her mouth and then take that food and touch the palate of the child's mouth. And by doing so, create an appetite for that food. And the reason why he was sharing that was this is a good way for parents to disciple their young. 
and instruct them in the ways of the Lord, instruct them in righteousness, and train them in the words of the living God. Now, of course, um, that will obviously have an impact upon their behavior, but of course we know that in and of itself does not save their souls. And so when it comes to child rearing, child training, yes, we, we are to impart the words of the living God where they instruct them in righteousness, but we also, we have to wrestle with God. We have to pray. We have to intercede. We got to call upon Heavenly Father um, to touch and change the life of our children, because what we're needing is the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us to convict our kids and say, hey, kids, you know, everything that your parents are teaching you about me, about my words, about salvation, it's absolutely true. And of course, once the Spirit of God affirms the Word of God in the heart of that child, the penny drops. And of course, God births them into his kingdom and adds him, adds them to his church, which is ultimately what we want to see come to pass if we're godly parents concerned about the spiritual welfare of our children. Amen. And so that has always been a huge blessing for our family. And I'm here to say, though, you know, through the Thomas Nation, we have, you know, we have obviously suffered some things and gone through losses and a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of bumps along the road, a lot of challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day, God has watched over his word and he performed it. And, uh, and I'm so grateful to the faithfulness of God. Now, secondarily, one of the uh, great benefits of reading through the scriptures, I'm talking, you know, starting in Genesis and going all the way through the Bible to the book of Revelation. Because in the Bible reading schedule, you'll have, you know, a couple of chapters in the Old Testament and like one chapter in the New Testament. And um, one of the, the great benefits of doing it in that order, in that way, is you come to discover like all the fullness of God's characteristics and attributes. You get to know more about the true and living God. And it's not just the characteristics and attributes that we're drawn to, that we like, or we prize, or we treasure, but it's those other attributes and characteristics that might make us a little nervous, that might kind of sober us up and perhaps cultivate a healthy fear of God. And that is that that has proven um, to be such a benefit to the welfare of our family. You know, if you look at most people's Bibles, there are parts of the Bibles that are well worn. You know, certain comfort passages that we turn to, that we sort of know and we memorize. And there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. 
But part of the problem, there's a lot of parts of our Bible that actually stick together. Those pages have not been pulled apart. We have not taken the time to meditate and roll over in our minds uh, the complete revelation of God's word and record that he has left for us. And so reading through the scriptures um, pulls apart some of those sticky pages of our Bibles, okay? And again, gives us a more full picture of the themes of scripture, the characteristics of God, you know, the revelation, you know, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and one of the things it also did was it helped to connect um, sort of the immediate text of Scripture in relationship to the entire context of Scripture. And I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, if we're going to get the true meaning of what the Lord has passed on to us, we need to know both. We need to know the immediate context and juxtapose that to the entire context of Scripture. And that really does help us to discover the meaning of what God is trying to communicate. Well, finally, brothers and sisters, and again, this has been such a blessing uh, to me personally, to my wife, to my children, and also to the ministry that God has called us to, and obviously to serve the Lord in the battle. It's, it's raw with a lot of struggles, you know, persecution, trials, tribulations, um, you know, a lot of problems that need to be resolved. And, uh, and obviously, in the midst of that, you know, we need to be in communion with God, right? We, we need His grace. We need His strength. We need His anointing. We need His guidance. And so it'd be, it'd be so interesting, brothers and sisters, you know, as we're just going through life's, you know, struggles, you know, there would be days, you know, we would be literally like crying out to God. You know, we, we needed some answer in prayer. We, we need guidance. We needed the Lord to lead us by his good spirit. And I cannot tell you the number of times when we were doing this, when we were praying and crying out to God and seeking him, it would just come to pass on those days when we took time to go to the Bible reading schedule to read his word, it was there and then that God showed up through his word and answered our prayers, gave us guidance, and, uh, and provided a way for us to negotiate what we were going through based on the integrity of biblical truth. And, and of course, we know Jesus said, if you know the truth, it will set you free as the truth is in Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, um, I know we're getting ready um, 
I don't know if this episode is going to be before Christmas. Uh, if it is, I do want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And I do pray that your family will enjoy the feasting and the celebration and the lights and the Christmas carols and the exchanging of gifts because um, it's worth that and much more when it comes to the birth of the Savior. Praise God. And then, of course, as we approach the new year, I do want to commend to you this Bible reading schedule. It will be in the link of uh, this episode. I want to encourage you to download it, to print it off, uh, to have it available for, you know, your family members, your friends, and even for your, your church brethren. You know, pass it out to them. Encourage them. You know, because there's something really special about your close circle of family and friends and church members when you're all on the same page of the Bible. It, 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 there's an, an incredible connection uh, of fellowshipping with the Lord and with each other. Uh, again, I can't tell you the number of times when, like Flip and I, were discussing, you know, what, you know, what we should be doing. How should we be serving the Lord in the battle? We had all these different ideas and concepts, and then we would be praying, and lo and behold, we'd look at the Bible reading schedule, and bam, there it is. Here's the guidance. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. Uh, just incredible. Just incredible. And all this and more is available to you, brothers and sisters, if you will avail yourselves of this Bible reading schedule and look to the Lord. I get it. You know, we, we, we saw when it comes to New Year resolutions, we're not very good at keeping them. And I know there's a lot of people who also decided, okay, I'm, I'm, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to read through the Bible this year with my family. Well, yeah, you know, one week, two weeks, one month later, forget about it right? This is where we need God's grace and strength, right? This is where we need to call upon the Lord, you know, because we may have a good motive and a good intent, but we need God's strength and his power and his grace to perform it. And so I would encourage your brothers and sisters to do that. I think you would see a great uh, blessing uh, in your family's life and, um, and I think it would uh, just, you know, be a blessing to the welfare of your family and your future. So there it is, uh, this episode, Bible reading schedule. And of course, um, I sign off with you keep pressing on to that high call and prize. So God bless you, saints. Until next time, this is Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. God bless you guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.